In this episode of The Interface, I sit down with Lindsey Gray, Experimental Manufacturing Supervisor for Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney, New York. Lindsey has been working with Amphenol since 2015 and over the years has had a number of family members and friends who have worked in Sydney for Amphenol Aerospace. We talk about learning the business of Amphenol while working in customer service and how important that was. We talk about setting up a mentoring system for new customer service employees. We talk about her current role in the experimental manufacturing side of the business, and we talk about her involvement in the Women's Empowerment Group to promote women working in the STEM industry. This is The Interface. Try my best oh, to not. Okay. How, how, long have you, how long have you been working here? Um, since 2015. Okay, so... So, almost when, four years. Are you from here, first of all? Um, I grew up in Sydney, so yes. So you knew about this place growing up and yep. it wasn't foreign to you like it is for other people or anything like that? Nope. So my dad, uh, he worked here my entire life. This is the only job I ever knew him to have growing up. Mm-hmm. Uh, he worked as a CNC machinist for many, many years and then he transitioned to a supervisor role and then decided to move to Texas. So he no longer works here. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mother worked in payroll for right. a couple years. She actually started out in customer service as well. And then my older brother worked in the plating facility. He no longer works here. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there's other other family members that work here. And that's just family members. And then you probably have, whether it be relatives or people you've known here in Sydney and the surrounding towns that you know, oh, maybe yeah. close to 100 people that have probably worked here over the years. No doubt in my mind. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when was the first time you actually came into the, the facility? Well, this facility was built in 2014. So the first time I came to this facility was in 2015 when I had my first interview for the job. How about the old one? The old facility, they used to do uh, family days. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure that Maybe I was, you know, 11 or 12. I had a tour of the old facility. And then actually for a very brief period, I worked in the plating facility, probably 2014 for a couple months. So Okay. So when you came then to the, the new facility here, what did you start off doing? Um, I started off in customer service. Um, so I, I worked in customer service and I actually handled most of the accounts on the East region side of the Mm -hmm. United States. Okay. How was that? How did you like that? I actually really enjoyed it. Did you? So I I came from a previous job where I was really bored and I wasn't busy all day long. And anybody that knows me here knows that I want to be busy. Mm -hmm. Um, So customer service was definitely the position for that. I was busier than I'd ever been before handling the whole, you know, East region of the United States. Right. Um, and I had customers calling my phone nonstop, uh, hundreds of emails every day that I had to answer to. Yeah. Uh, so it was really fast paced and I had to jump right in. Yeah. Well, I did my first nine months here in customer service as well as part of my training program when I came here. And while it was busy, um, and yeah, you, you knew customer service is customer service, no matter where it is. I would say that there is no better way to learn about this company than by doing uh, at least a few months in customer service. You will learn more about what goes on in these four walls and even other factories uh, by doing uh, work in customer service because you deal with everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree with you. Um, 
there are times when I'm working with the quality group, with the engineering group, with product managers, with the spec team, and and actually with supervisors out on the floor. Because as a customer service representative in this company, it's your responsibility to get all of the groups together so that you can solve the customer's problems more quickly, more efficiently, and, and get back to the customer who's waiting on an answer from you specifically. Mm-hmm. So how long did you spend in customer service? I worked in the customer service group actually until March of 2018. Mm. However, uh, I was promoted twice within the customer service group. So my first role as just a a representative probably lasted like three or four months. Mm -hmm. And then I was promoted to a key account specialist uh, who handles the more prime accounts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I worked in that role probably another eight months, I would say. And mm-hmm. then I was promoted to the team lead from there in charge of mentoring and training new hires within the customer service group. So how did you do that? Okay. So I went about mentoring by scheduling meetings with the people that I was mentoring, um, just asking them where they're at with their accounts on a day-to-day basis. Where do they see themselves in the future uh, with Amphenol? Uh, What were their goals? If they didn't have any, I was able to help them to set goals because I had been in a position like that before, not really knowing what my goals were or where I wanted to be in the company. So I was able to bring to the table my experiences and, and hope to help them shape what their future would look like here at the company. Um, a, lot of, a lot of my responsibilities as a mentor also included actually training these newer employees who weren't as skilled as, you know, some of us more tenured employees uh, who had experience in, you know, the different systems that we use, which, as we know, can be very confusing, um, as well as different customer trends, how to how to work with your sales salespeople that aren't in the office to get the customer what they need more quickly and efficiently. Um, so just strategizing with new people, coming up with fresh ideas, maybe, um, you know, a fresh set of eyes on our training procedures might have helped me to improve them for new hires coming in. Do you think that what you did was then applied to future mentoring to help the customer service team? Definitely. Yeah. What What we wanted was an easier way for somebody to come in you know, an, a person with a lot of experience in mm-hmm. a different company to come into the Amphenol world, which is very unique, and, and to just more fluidly transition into the culture that we have here at Amphenol. Um, so, so the training material that I developed along with some of the other supervisors in the group was aimed at just making that transition easy, organized, and just crystal clear for new hires so as to avoid maybe some of the frustrations that come with, you know, diving into a super busy company that's doing really well. So you did well in customer service. You helped develop a mentoring system that's still used uh, with the teams there. But tell me about what your role is now and how you've evolved. Okay, so along with some of my general responsibilities and supervision in my current role, 
Um, I touch on many different aspects of the business. I manage the flow of material through machining and assembly XP areas. I create and modify work orders, and I play a role in design and process flow of prototype product to make sure that it flows seamlessly when we implement it into production. So it's not a customer service role anymore. It's more of an operations role. Correct. So how big of a change was that going from customer service where you're touching on a lot of things, but you're never really a master of of any of them. And that might not be the right way to say, it, but you you understand what I'm saying. You're gonna you have to deal with multiple um, divisions, multiple people in order to satisfy your customers' requests and demands. When you're in the operations side, it's now you have to be the expert in this stuff. So how was that change? What was that challenge like for you? So it's actually similar in some ways in in the aspect that. The experimental supervisor is responsible for so many different general things that are done by by specific groups in the company, like process, design, engineering, uh, materials, planning, the stock room even. Mm-hmm. Uh, my role encompasses small portions of every single one of those different things. So in that aspect, it is a little bit similar to customer mm-hmm. service because I'm pulling together many different things to create one one big position um so probably the biggest challenge coming from my customer service background and into manufacturing was learning about the machines and their capabilities and limitations i came into the role with almost no experience in that area and it's required a lot of patience and enthusiasm on my part to learn about about the machining portion of our business. Did you have any technical history whatsoever? I don't want to say it, but no. <laughs> no I think a lot of people haven't. I, I didn't. And yeah. Yeah. So I had to, I don't want to say fake it, but mm-hmm. there were a lot of times early on, especially my product management days, where I'm like, oh yeah, yeah. The thing with the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure. Sure. And then I'd have to kind of go off to the side with an engineer or someone else. I'm like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> Oh, you serious? Oh, it means, you know, whatever. It means passivate it means to do this or you know yeah. heat treat means to do that or you know I think all those different types of things. That's one of the most intimidating things about working at Amphenol is that you think that you have to have all of this technical background information just stored up in your head. And there's a lot of things that we do here that's Amphenol speak. No, nobody from the outside world is going to know what you're talking about. That's when, right. You know, there's an Amphenolian language that we have out there. So that's intimidating along with all of this other technical stuff that you think maybe you don't know. And what's great about Amphenol is really the entrepreneurial attitude that we have here. Mm-hmm. You know, you can make yourself into anything by working here. You just... You have to, you know, dive into whatever department it is that you're in and just suck up any knowledge that you can. And we're really open to that here, at at least at Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney. You know, somebody new comes in without the technical knowledge and, and we embrace that and we build those people up so that they can get that knowledge and be the best that they can be in their role. You enable them to learn and you empower them to ask questions and make mistakes within reason, right? But you still, uh, if if someone is there who wants to do this stuff, you're you're free to do it, and and as long as it it helps better the business in some way, shape, or form, I think you're always going to be encouraged to do that. So you're right. I agree with you. 
Yeah, I think yeah. the opportunity here is endless as long as you have the enthusiasm and the drive to, you know, push yourself to to reach those opportunities. So the technical piece was a bit of a challenge for you, right? Yep. S- learning how to you <laughs> it know, still is. navigate all these machines <laughs> and stuff like that. Were there were there times where you thought, I'm not sure if I can do this? Definitely. Yeah. Um, so actually, I didn't even apply for this job when it was posted because I read it and I've always been interested in supervision. And so I was like, oh, experimental manufacturing supervisor, maybe I can do that. I read the job description and I, I panicked. I was, nope, deleting that email. There's no way that I can do this job. <laughs> well, months down the road, somebody said, hey, this position's still open. Maybe you want to interview for it. Mm-hmm. So that kind of piqued my interest. Okay, somebody else thinks that I can do this job, so maybe I can. It's a good time, I think, to ask if you could explain for people who don't know what experimental means in here. We're talking about Amphenol speak, right? Yeah. I think, you know, 100 people could listen to this and they're going to have 100 different opinions or views on what experimental shop means uh, at Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney where we're sitting. But what it, you're the supervisor of that. What does it mean? Okay. Um, we, we do a lot of prototype builds. Um, so it'll be a, a lot of our stuff is commercial air product, uh, which is typically a modification of a current design that we mm-hmm. have. You know, what changes can we make to, you know, increase how rugged our connectors are, things like that. So we'll make modifications to designs that currently exist uh, to to make the application better for our customers. Um, on the other hand, a lot of the stuff that, that comes from maybe our high-speed business unit is new product that we've never built before. It's something new that we're trying. The customer says, hey, I have this idea. We collaborate with them, and we come up with this really cool design. We put it into the experimental area to either machine the pieces or assemble, you know, the full up, maybe it's a cable or connector. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we test it out. We see, does it work? Does it not work? Why? And then we, we, we just prove out the process basically through trial and error to get good product so that when we are ready to put it into production, we know with confidence that it's going to work the first time. So what are some of the things that you guys do in experimental that are different from a normal production build? What's different from a normal production build and an experimental build is, I mean, aside from the fact that it's an entirely new process, anything could really be different. Maybe we're machining a totally different dimension that we haven't machined before. We're using a different epoxy tape on, you know, some some connector that we've never tried before. Um, but really what makes the difference here is the flexibility that our machinists and assemblers have to come up with creative solutions when something that's in maybe the bill of materials or in the process, uh, flow in the, in the layout, um, they have the flexibility to say, Hey, this doesn't work, but with the years of experience that I have, I can tell you that this probably will work. Mm-hmm. So my team collaborates with design engineering and process to create a solution that's going to work and going to more easily transition out onto the production floor. I mean, what do, what do we do that's really different? It, it's tough to answer that because everything that we're doing is different in its own unique way. We just have more ability to be flexible. We're, yeah, we can be flexible. It's There's not a layout. Right. There's not a router to follow. Mm-hmm. 
I have just highly skilled assemblers and machinists that know what to do and make decisions based off of that knowing. So in essence, everything that you get, it's almost like wiping the slate clean and starting over again with a totally fresh uh, procedure that you guys come up with. 100%. Yeah. So you have a baseline, you know, okay, this is roughly how we could do it, but we can, we can mix and match and modify whatever we need here in order to get this done. Yep. That's awesome. Yep. It actually, you know, it's a really cool gig. Yeah. So yeah. what do you like most about it? Um, I enjoy the challenge of being accountable for such a variety of things. I think I touched on this a little bit earlier, um, but I do so many different things in my job that I, I'm always learning and I'm, I'm always surprised by my day. <laughs> um, I review and create bill of materials for new product, develop routers, plan the workflow through my department, expedite on the manufacturing floor, and I lead a team of highly skilled assemblers and machinists on a daily basis. So a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so you enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Yep, definitely. It's do, you, do you get to see um, where your products end up? You know, I know customer service, you're dealing with customers all day, every day. Um, do you miss that interaction with customers and do you still have it where you can talk to them about these products and, and where they go and, and what they need and require from these things? Do you have that interaction with them anymore? So I get to interact with the customer pretty much every day. And it's really rewarding for me when we send something new to a customer and they take the time to show us their real world application of the product. So, you know, we're not just building it and sending it off and forgetting about it. We have that customer relationship where they'll come back and say, hey, look at this cool thing that we built or you built for us and, and look how we're using it. Um, so that gets me excited and it trickles back to my team too because they get to see the real world, real world application of what they're doing on a day-to-day -day basis. So that gives us a little bit more drive to come to work every day right. um, and to make good product for our customers. Yeah, I was going to ask you too, uh, you know, I know being in here for a long time that sometimes you just get caught up in the everyday, day-to-day -day mundane, you know, whether you're in customer service and you're, and you're processing uh, quotes and orders and customer requests or you know, you're on a molding machine or whatever it may be, and you lose sight of the big picture of what we do here and what we do at the other Amphenol facilities around the world. How often do you personally either see uh, the fruits of your labor, so to speak, or at least think about that? Um, is it on a daily basis? Is it a weekly basis? Is it, is it, you know, how often do you get to at least kind of pull yourself back and just go, no, this is really important. We really need to do this because it goes here or it does this. I would say that I, I have occurrences of that probably three to four times a week every day. I mean, <laughs> I can't say that it's every single day, but I definitely get those reminders throughout my week every single week. Um, you know, whether it's just a new project that's that's being presented to me and someone says, hey, this is this is the application. Isn't that awesome? You know, and it usually comes from the marketing group. So kudos to them for that. Um but an, another thing that's a personal reminder for me is, you know, my brother's currently deployed. Uh, mm -hmm. He's in the Air Force. Um, and I want to make sure that the stuff that we're making and I know is being used by him is going to work the yeah. first time that they get it yeah. like, correctly and every time that he uses it. So that's a reminder to me that what we do is important here. The other thing I wanted to talk to you about, too, 
a little bit here towards the end was about your involvement in the the women's empowerment here at Amphenol. And I know you were part of a video a few months ago uh, that we did here in Amphenol Aerospace in Sydney that I know meant a lot to you as well as the other women that were involved in that. You just just tell us a little bit about that, like your involvement in it and just the overall message of, of what that video was about. Okay. Um, so... We work together. Uh, we have a steering committee for the women's empowerment group. Um, we all got together, and uh, one of the one of the members of the group proposed the idea: "Hey, let's make a video about the women that work here at Amphenol Aerospace." And of course, we're all like, "Yeah, let's do that." We work in the STEM industry, and it's important to promote the advantages of working in the STEM industry. Um, so we got a bunch of really powerful, awesome women together that work here at Amphenol Aerospace and ask them to share their story. How did they get here? What roles have they worked in? Um, you know, what's what's cool about working with connectors and cables and in the aerospace industry in general? And we actually... Uh, put together the video, uh, sent it out to everybody internally, and then also posted it online. Um, and it was just really cool to see how it was compiled together and, and brought forward a really powerful message to maybe young women that don't really know what path they want to take for their future. And they can they can watch a video like that and, and say, you know, I live a mile down the road from Amphenol Aerospace. And maybe that's something that I'm interested in because look at all these cool, awesome women that work there that seem to be doing great and love their jobs. Um, so I think the overall message there was that women can be an integral part of the STEM industry and that we should encourage and promote other women as they pursue a career path in this industry because it's important and we can make a difference. And what's the reaction been so far since the release of that video in here? Um, I had a lot of really embarrassing reactions. <laughs> Why is that? Everybody was like, okay, so I had people coming to my desk going, yes, girl. <laughs> <laughs> and, and that was really um, interesting for me. But, um, you know, when you watch a video and you're in it, you're like, okay, you know, there I am. But mm -hmm. a lot of people said, you know, you're the highlight of that video, Lindsay. And I, I didn't think I was. You know, I had like one or two lines in there, but... Everyone's like, I feel so empowered after that. You get it, girl. All those kinds of reactions. That's what I was getting. Um, so actually, that that was good for me to hear that because you're watching yourself and it seems all pretty rehearsed or, you know, whatnot. You, you're me and created a whole sheet full of answers before the interview, et cetera. <laughs> but it was, it was nice to get that feedback from people because that actually motivates me in the long run to, you know, want to continue to be the best that I can be at my job. And I know that I'm influencing other women in this industry and in this building. Yeah. Oh, I think so far in, in your short time here, you know, in just a few years, you've already done great and, and worked your way up very quickly. So congratulations. Thank you. I hope it continues. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, Lindsay. All righty. Thank you.